lounging, son. Welcome back to the Comic Lounge. I'm Ryan. I got my boy Manny here, and we're back with another episode of the Weekly Pull. And we're going to talk about some of our favorite books we picked up this week, um, including a book that wasn't released in stores, but I finally got my copy. You had your copy last week, and I wanted yep. to wait to talk about it. So um, we'll, we'll we'll jump into some of our other picks. We'll we'll, we'll end on that book that we have a. I, that's a good of. idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'll let you go first because I think you have a one more pick than I do. So I'll let you jump off. All right. So uh, my first uh, pick of the week is the uh, latest issue, number eleven of What's the Furthest Place from Here? The uh, image title from uh, um, Matt Rosenberg, Tyler Boss, uh, and um, you know a bunch of I can never pronounce this letterer's name, but he's got a YouTube channel. Um, Hassan, he's really good, man. Hassan uh, Otsvein uh, Alau, I think is how, I mean, I'm probably butchering it, so I'm real sorry. You're trying, though. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, he's he's like, I love his lettering, and he, uh, you should, guys should follow him on uh, on YouTube and on uh, Twitter because he's always posting like really interesting theories about comics and lettering, and uh, his, his lettering adds a lot to the book. But the book overall has been really good, but this issue specifically, um, has been my favorite it seems like it's 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 a little different from the other issues like uh, uh this title for the most part uh each issue has been split up into really short chapters which you know gave it an interesting like narrative like pace but this one is more traditionally just kind of like one chapter but it does focus on two of the main characters uh oberon and sid which uh, are actually my two favorite characters so if you've been reading the title and um, you've been wondering like what's been going on with sid and oberon who kind of went off on himself you get a lot of answers in this issue and uh, focusing on two characters as opposed to sort of like exploring and build and the world building that's been going on really sort of uh, makes it uh, a, a real personal read has some of the best art I've seen in the series so far. You know, this issue very much uh, almost even works as a standalone if you want to read it that way. So uh, you can probably pick this one up if you've been curious about the series and want to see what it's like. Because uh, it's kind of like a pause in a quiet moment and, uh, you know, giving you giving you a chance to, to sort of catch up. But it's great, man. I'm loving this title. It's very original, uh, beautifully illustrated. Uh, you know, Matt Rosenberg is is great at infusing um, his stories with a lot of offbeat humor that that sort of creates a lot of characterization and gives everything a unique feel. And uh, again, if you love music, uh, you should be reading this title. I mean, the, the title alone is a lyric from uh, the band Jawbreaker, who's like literally my favorite band. That's kind of why why I started reading the book in the first place. Mm -hmm. And uh, and now you start to see like why he named the book uh, this title. Like, you know, it's not just like, a, hey, I'm going to name it something hip and cool. Like, like there's a thematic reason why he calls it, you know, what's the furthest place from here again? I mean, I, I can't I can't sing praises anymore without sounding like I'm babbling, but Really, you guys should be reading this book. It's very unique, and uh, it's like nothing you uh, you you can probably find on the stands now. And if you like uh, some of the other books that this team did, like um, uh, I remember they did one book called uh, Four Kids Walk Into a Bar," uh, and that and bank. Uh, that was Four Kids a bank. Yeah, bank. that's right. Yeah, where it's about I think it's about a bunch of RPG players that plan a bank heist. You know, again, Matt Rosenberg is one of those guys, uh, uh, and you know, there's a couple of them now that like. Yeah, they can take a high concept idea, but they don't just rely on the high concept. Like that's that's the end, but they really build on that high concept with like great characters, great themes, like you know, just great execution. 
and I can't say anything more without, like I said, like just sounding like I'm babbling. So no, I get it. Definitely just add it, add it, add it to your pull list, man. It's, it's one of my favorite titles currently. And I always get excited and I just love everything about it. Like they always make it very, uh, uh, you know, very, um, cohesive. Like, you know, most of the covers are very similar. Like, you know, there's like a pho photograph, like quality where it's usually like just almost like a landscape. Mm -hmm. Usually most, most of the covers, I think they all have been like a landscape painting, which sort of sets the mood for what's about to go on in the issue. So you can tell there's a lot of thought and a lot of communication behind be, between the creative team, which is what I love about comics. You know, you have all these people bringing their A game and their, their best elements to it. And definitely this one's popping and firing in all cylinders, man. So you definitely want to be picking up what's the furthest place from here. Issue 11 is out now. So. Okay. Yeah. I think, I don't know if I said it the last time, but you talked about issue 10. So, I mean, I feel like that's a future episode. Maybe we should talk volume one. Yeah, I, I mean, I have volume one too. So if you yeah, if you I, ever yeah. if you end up reading it, we should definitely explore it because yeah. I don't see enough people talking about the title. I agree. I I, I definitely I know that there was a lot of hype around it prior to issue one, especially because like it was released with a vinyl, I believe, right? You can still get each issue like that. Each it's issue just, gets okay. Like, so I didn't I didn't know each issue had it, but I know it's that a, a so, it's a seven inch with a with a with a single like from an indie band and like usually it's thematically tied. It's just they don't come out as often because it's hard to make vinyl right now, you know. Like it's it, like a lot of things. The uh, the uh, the materials are scarce, so like it's it's not the probably not the best way if you want to stay current with the title. But definitely, that's an ingenious idea that I loved from the beginning. My pick, my fate. Well, I mean, I I haven't read every book, but I'm pretty sure this Me will either, be. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this will be my favorite book of the week, and it is Icon versus Hardware. I think I mentioned this. When we were talking about, I think Static was last week, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you, yeah, you had you had Static on. So, um, I'm a huge fan of the Milestone universe. I fucking love all the characters. I've loved them since the '90s. I loved the cartoon. I mean, I've interviewed Dennis Cowan probably at least four times, maybe. And I before they came back, that was always my question. It was either in the middle of the interview, towards the beginning or the end. I always ask what. When's Milestone coming back? And he could never give me an answer. He's like, it's in the works. It's in the works. So when they finally came back with it, I was ecstatic. No pun intended. So this one I was very excited about. Um, it even has like at the top Worlds Collide, which if you're reading Milestone in the 90s, Worlds Collide was when DC and Milestone crossed over. I know that this that's not going to happen now. I know they're just using um, that title. But this is Act 1. Even in the beginning, it says this is Act 1 of a three-part milestone mega epic. So this isn't that doesn't mean this is three issues. That just means this this mini-series is the first act in this, this Worlds Collide crossover. And Hardware was tied for being my favorite character in the Milestone universe, created by Dennis Cowan. That cover that first issue cover is so iconic, written by the late great Dwayne McDuffie. Who had, yeah, his, had his fingerprints all over um, the Milestone universe. Now, this one, this particular series is written by uh, Reginald Hudlin and Leon Chills. Leon Chills is, is a new name to me. Um, Reginald Hudlin, I mean, if you don't know who he is, like he was president of BET for a long time. He helped bring the Black Panther cartoon to BET. He wrote a he great made the movie House Party, dude. Yeah, he wrote the Black Panther series, um, I think yeah. it was that, that introduced Shuri. Um, so he's he's been around for a long time, man. You know, and he was part he's part of the Milestone crew. He's he was part of bringing them back. Uh, he wrote the Icon 
uh, miniseries that that was uh or the season one icon and rocket and uh dennis cowan yasmin flores monta uh montanez are the our pencilers john floyd yasmin flores montanez john siniski on uh inks and christopher sotomayor on colors uh great great book dude i it, this was a book like the way that they presented it was very unexpected because it's got two two art teams and you have two stories going on simultaneously and one of them has rocket um she's going to a boarding school in switzerland full of rich kids you know and at first i'm like because i didn't finish icon versus rocket but you don't know why she's here well icon sent her there to kind of learn how that side lives and you know she's even walking in the hallway and she's like i'm just surrounded by <laughs> by a bunch of rich white bitches and it just it made me <laughs> laugh out loud you know and uh, she's like sure there's like asians and africans here and like but it's very very it's like very very white you know and uh second page dude a girl commits has committed suicide has hung herself and i'm just like what the fuck like and so it's talking about bullying and stuff and, and it, so it deals with that and i think i talked about that when i was talking about static in the history of milestone how like they always talk about like some real world shit like bullying and bullying is a real thing dude and like the way you talk to people and how you may not know how it's going to affect them, but it does have an effect on people, you know, just like saying mean shit to them. So it's dealing with that. But then like the main, main part of this book, while it also deals with that, you have, um, you have icon in it very briefly, like you don't really talk about him, but um, hardware is kind of investigating him and trying to figure out like where he came from. And that takes him all the way back to like civil war era. And they talk about, uh, not a, yeah, because Icon I, Icon's been around for he's a, yeah, he, yeah. He's immortal. He doesn't yeah, age, yeah. I mean, he doesn't age anymore. So he's looking back in time and he comes across uh this scientist, uh Benjamin Banneker. And I, I didn't have time to because I just read it this morning. I didn't have time to research. I, I'm pretty sure that is a real person in history, but you know, they talk about him and how he helped lay the foundation of what would become the District of Columbia. And so moving forward, I mean, sorry that this is super spoiler heavy, but uh, hardware figures out a way to do time travel. In doing that, he is trying to prevent the Big Bang from happening because it is some of his research through um, Alva, who kind of like was his mentor from a young age and kind of like had him under his wing, but really was uh, uh, just trying to make money off of hardware's brilliance curtis's brilliance right before he goes back in time to fix that event he goes back in time to when his father left him because of what a profound effect it had on not having his father in his life and he was hoping that be by doing that maybe he wouldn't have let alva kind of been this like influence on him and you have a really good moment of him going in in time and hearing a conversation where the day his dad left and then he finds out he had a brother so there's that little tidbit but then he goes into a bar and talks with his dad and oh that's awesome and kind of was like yeah my dad left me at a young age and he's like and he's like you know i he, and the dad and his dad's like well you seem like you turned out okay he's like yeah on the surface but there's other stuff that you can't tell you know and he's like okay maybe you're right and then he jumps forward in time and 
I guess he notices a little difference in himself where maybe Alva didn't have as strong of an influence on him. And then that's where we come. And basically um, the setup of the series, like he tries to prevent something, but I, I won't get into like the actual conclusion, but something happens in that moment where he tries to stop the big bang, but something is, it didn't change everything. And now he's like the head of the Alva industries. So I'm very excited to see where this goes. It was a phenomenal issue. Like this is such a good first issue. I think to this. I'm going to go grab that before I go to work later, man. It's no, dope. Pass by the shop, yeah. And you sold me. And I love Dennis Cowan, dude. I mean, he's one of my favorite artists of all time. Oh, dude, yeah, he is artist, fantastic, absolute legend. I really love when he's paired with Bill Sienkiewicz on inks. I think that the what they create when they get together is just fucking magical. But I do love the inks that uh, he had on the on his on his pencils on this one too. It was really good. I feel like you could almost pick this up without getting the full backstory of of milestone because they do what what is good and i'll show this off real quick is they have you know what happened in icon versus rocket season one and then on the following page they have you know what happened in hardware season one so you get kind of what you need to know and being able to pick this book up i I don't see any other book that i have in my pile like i i'm not saying those books aren't going to be good but i it's going to be hard to top what i just read here amazing book amazing art and uh if you're not picking it up, go pick it up and check out the rest of the milestone stuff because it's all it's all fucking. I think uh, if you haven't done one already, I think we need to maybe do an episode on milestone. Something. I yeah, all I've done is hardware one and and uh, blood syndicate one. So, yes, let's let's do a milestone episode. I'm down to. All right. Uh, uh, my next pick is uh, I'll I'll go with um, another Matt Rosenberg books um, that uh, since I already spoke to him is. The new issue of Wildcats, uh, it's issue four. Uh, he's paired on this series with an artist, which I didn't know, but... Um, uh, Steven Segovia, name, right? Yeah. I mean, I knew the name. I just had never really read much much uh, stuff that he'd drawn. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm really enjoying this, man. I, I picked it up mostly uh, for two reasons. A, I love, I love Matt Rosenberg's writing. And B, I'm an old school Wildcats fan, you know, like I... I love the original run by Jim Lee, and I I've loved things about every uh, iteration of Wildcats. And you know, Wildcats has been reinterpreted and revamped many, many times over the years as it's been absorbed into the DC universe. You know, made its own thing, this and that. And what's great about about what uh, Matt's doing is that he's sort of pulling things, themes from every iteration of Wildcats, and kind of like throwing it all together and making it work. And um, he's making Grifter sort of like the focal point, and you're in, which is great because he has such a a talent for writing Grifter. He makes him such a good character. Uh, Grifter's funny. He's sarcastic. Like uh, it, it reminds me of a '90s book in the best way. I'm not. I'm. It, I'm not making a dig there. You know, like, like it. It has like that kind of like attitude to it. You know, okay. lots of action, but really well executed. And you know, uh, now that Wildcats takes place in the DC universe, he's adding things like the Court of Owls, like. Uh, uh, Marlo, who you know is the guy that created the Wildcats in the first place, like creates another super team here, but it's called the Seven Soldiers of Victory. So, like you know, like he's pulling things like that out of the DC universe and making it work. I love what he's done with characters like Void. He's made Void really creepy and weird, like almost like a Vertigo character. Um, you got Maxine, who's like the cyborg, and she's like like a like an over over overly like you know like. Uh, her sex drive is really high so like she's always making inappropriate jokes like okay. it's just it's just a lot of fun man 
And, uh, you know, he makes Spartan, like, really cool. Like, he, he found a way to sort of take, like, like things that are always there about the character, but tweak it just enough to make it feel fresh and new without sort of ignoring what came before. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, I was very hesitant because, you know, I, I thought, like, well, you know, Wildcast hasn't always worked when it's, when it's been tried to be, you know, forced into the, into the DCU, but he's making it. Oh, and his, his, uh, what he does with Deathblow is really funny and really great. You know, like, um, if you haven't been reading, like Deathblow almost like kind of reincarnates, like whenever he passes away. So oh, this okay. time that's new, so right? Time, that was, yeah, that is new. I think, I think, I don't know when that was brought in because I, I was, I, I only found out about it through this series, but mm. Uh, Michael Cray is in a female body this time, and like the <laughs> okay. grift, like the relationship Grifter has with with uh with Deathflow is really funny, and like I, I don't want to spoil it, but like again, he just he just finds a way to make it all work and make it all a, a fun read, and I, I had a big grin on my face when I was reading it. So, and you know, I mean, I mean it, it it might it might not be like an Eisner uh, you know award winner, but it, is is it a fun comic that that I enjoyed reading? Absolutely, and I'm gonna stick with it. I, I'm not sure if it's an ongoing or a miniseries. I want to say it might be a miniseries. I feel like it's a limited series. Yeah, maybe not six, but yeah. I feel like it's limited. But it it's weird because at first it was announced as an ongoing. I remember, and then like I remember seeing the book, and it said miniseries at one point, or I don't know where I saw it. But yeah, I mean, like you made made me want to read it. I, I mean, I love Grifter, you know. But, yeah, and like and like you, far, it's... like my favorite Wildcat character, you know, yeah. and. And he he writes a great grifter, and I mean on that alone, uh, I think it's worth reading. So if you really loved grifter back in the day, uh, I think Rosenberg has really found a way to give grifter a very distinct personality and finally make him a character that that stands out not just because he was a cool looking '90s character, but because he has a really fun attitude uh, and a fun personality, you know, to boot. So definitely, I recommend Wildcats, man. It's it's a fun book, and uh, I I. I enjoyed reading it. All right. I'm going to talk about Frank Miller's Pandora issue number two. Um, this one is written by, uh, this one's written by Frank Miller, Chris Silvestri and Anthony Marin, Marinville. Uh, artist is Emma Kubert. I'm a huge fan of Emma Kubert. I, I really, I really liked what she, she did a Kickstarter. Can't remember the name of it. It only had one issue. Um, but I really dug that. She did a book called Inkblot with Image. I know she's worked okay. on Radiant Pink um, at Image as well. And she's got an actually has a new book that she's got coming out called Stoneheart through Image, which I'm I'm pretty stoked to uh, to to check out because I love. I mean, she does action adventure fantasy. You know, like I really love the fantasy genre, and I don't. I know there's not a lot of it. We've talked yeah, about something that. we you and I have talked about. Like, there's not enough sword and sorcery stuff. Yeah. So, and what I'm looking at too, which I didn't know, is she has a web comic called Brushstroke that she that she started early last year. Haven't heard of it. I didn't. You know, like I follow her on social media, but I just I have not seen that. But anyways, that to be honest was the draw for me when I picked up issue one was her. It, it wasn't the fact that Frank Miller's name was on the book. It wasn't, you know, like the fantasy aspect wasn't, was a draw, but it was mostly her art. Cause I really dig her. I love her. She's got such a great personality. She's super fun to chat with issue two. Like it's, it's a, it's definitely a coming of age tale. It's, you know, it's uh, definitely the YA kind of thing, but it doesn't take away from like, kind of like the heart of the book. I love the main characters, Annabeth, in issue one, 
she meets this, you know, strange, this stranger, right? And they hang out all day. They're in the woods and she finds this really weird looking flower. And her grandpa, I, I believe it's been a while since I've read issue one because these come out. That's what I don't like is they come out every other month. So there's a kind of a big gap in between issues. So it's, it's not as fresh in my mind, but you know, this one kind of takes place and she, you know, she's kind of bullied. She's kind of an outsider. Even the guy that she, it, the guy that she like pals around with reminds me of dream from sandman except oh with, yeah with glasses she's just kind of finding herself she's looking for like you know like this like connection with him and like the magic of life and stuff and um you know obviously there's this mystery about him like where's he from kind of deal like he he doesn't know what crying is like that's kind of weird and like he um, you know, at the end of the book, he's like, oh, this is the last time that we can see each other because she's like trying to get him to come over and uh, he kisses her. And then he re- then it, a cool little moment like he's like, oh, I, I realize what crying is. It's, it's happy and sad, you know, at the same time, oh, sometimes. So it is a really cool book. I really love her coloring on the book as well. I think she's a, she's a really good colorist. Um, so she's doing all the art doing all of it yeah because i it's it's just pencils it's colored to pencils there's no i guess maybe she inks it's hard to tell now when when an artist yeah are they inking the book especially when they color the book themselves it's hard for me to see the the separation like i know this doesn't have to do with what we're talking about but i was talking with um the owner of my shop uh, yesterday when he was in there and we were talking about the the batman joker book by Silve- by mark silvestri and those aren't inks. Those are those are just pencils that he that they darken enough to where it looks like it's been it's been inked. But those are just all pencils. So are they doing it? Is she doing it like that too? You know, is kind of what I was thinking when I was reading the book. Like, oh, is she just like kind of just doing a, a darker line and then like you you uh you enhance it on when you're about to color it, or are you coloring, you know, like and and making a a dark line over your pencils instead of just doing a traditional ink because i believe she does all digital i could be wrong don't quote me on that but anyways uh either way this is a awesome book it's only six issues um you know this is her sweet spot is is this genre because you could tell she really loves this every book she's done has been you know a fantasy yeah. book definitely doesn't feel like a frank miller book i know he's credited as a writer but i i think it's more just maybe helping come up with the concept but of the two books that have come out from frank miller presents this one is my favorite this is the one that uh if you had to ask me which one should you pick up i would say this book um ancient enemies is is okay it's more superhero stuff and like for me i'm like i have enough superhero stuff like i'd rather see yeah. some some different stuff from frank miller presents but it is a it, you know that's not to take away from it i'm excited to see what else they come out with i know they got a new sin city book that they're going to do with Milo Manara. That sounds dope. You know, like Frank Miller and Milo Manara coming together. But this Pandora book, I hope we get more. I hope it's something that's not just going to be like a one and done miniseries because, you know, it's got a lot of heart and uh, just a really, really solid, solid book. Like nothing super action-y, you know, it's all just human connection. And sometimes like I do just like want to read a book like that. Sometimes yeah, I don't need to have definitely, fighting definitely. and shit like that. So definitely go pick it up. Well, I mean, I guess my next book is a total polar opposite of that. Uh, um, it's a book I've had as a weekly pick before, and it's uh, Hulk. It's uh, Hulk issue 12. And um, this is uh, 
illustrated by Ryan Otley, who's also doing the writing. Um, Donny Cates is still listed uh, as doing the plot, but the script and the pencils are credited to Ryan Otley. So, you know, he's starting to do some, uh, so, some, some of the heavy lifting when it comes to the writing. And as we mentioned before, I think this might be the first time he's actually written as opposed to just uh, drawn a story. And I mean, yeah, he has some writing chops, man. I mean, he's, he is being assisted with the plot and he's continuing a story that Donny Cates started, but you can, you can feel the change. Like um, Ryan Otley's art, like if you, if you don't know who Ryan Otley is, he was half of the creative team of Invincible. So you know that he's able to draw like big, like, like gory, like action-packed scenes. And the Hulk to me is like a no-brainer title for him because he can draw... He can draw carnage like like I don't mean the character I mean carnage like the actual you know bloody carnage like violence like violence like like nobody else in mainstream superhero comics like the cartoony vibe he has sort of makes it better I don't know I don't know how I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying because you know he, he's not a very realistic artist he's, you know there's still there's still a lot of like heavy lines and heavy you know thick black lines to his art so like it, it's very animated but when you throw in the violence you know like it. it it makes it shocking without being overly disturbing. Like it, it hits that right, that little sweet spot that I like about comics like this. Yeah. And um, I really like the idea they've done with Hulk. Like one of the things I've loved about the Hulk in the last few years is that each iteration is different. It's like, how can you interpret this character? Which when you think about it it's on the surface seems so simple, a guy that turns into a monster, but you know, when you when you bring in the psyche and and like you know the trauma that Bruce Banner has in his history, you can really do a lot of things with the Hulk that is not just the guy turns into a monster. I mean, you know, you had Immortal Hulk with uh, with Al Ewing, which was fantastic, and mm-hmm. although this is a complete departure, it still works because the Hulk is a character that, like I said, can be interpreted in many ways. And this is building towards what I think is the ending of a really cool storyline where the, the Hulk has found himself on a planet uh, populated by like other beings like him that are like gamma powered. So he doesn't have to worry about, about hurting anyone anymore or destroying. He's found kind of like where he belongs, but then there's this uh, part of his psyche that is slowly coming to the forefront, which I think is being driven by uh, whatever he might've inherited from his abusive father, like whatever traits that he tried to push back Mm -hmm. and is creating this other persona of the Hulk called Titan. And uh, Titan seems to be like, like stronger than any iteration of the whole combined and then in this issue it's a kind of a spoiler but you find find out that one of the things bruce did is he implanted a nuclear device in his brain in case titan or the hulk ever really went nuts again it would detonate literally causing a nuclear explosion inside the hulk's head and that's how the issue ends you know so that that hooked me and i want to see how it goes so yeah it's very over the top lots of great fights like amazing creature designs and and like gamma creature designs by ryan Otley. like that alone is worth the price of admission man like the guy knows how to draw really cool looking characters and really cool looking monsters so again like wildcats it's a lot of fun you know it, it uh it, it it doesn't have that slow sort of burn feel that the, the al ewing sort of story had this is like much more action-packed like bam 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 you know like lots of punches and lots of fighting but I'm, I'm loving it. And uh, I know that I think Otley is going to be off the title fairly soon. So I'm interested to see what, what the next iteration of the Hulk is going to be. I, I like that Marvel's been taking the character and sort of letting creators kind of run wild with it. And if that's the trend, then I, I think that's a good way to treat the Hulk and keep the title kind of fresh. And like, if you don't like one iteration, you also know around the corner there might be another creator that's going to have a different take on it. 
But I'm liking it. Uh, pick it up. There's one trade that you can pick up already that's going to help you catch up. And uh, this is issue 12. So I think after 13, I'm not sure what's going on with the title, but I'm going to stick with it at least through Otley's arc and uh, see how it all ends. Because that ending, I, I want to show you the, the... I feel like this might be the end of this run of Hulk. Like they'll relaunch I think it. so too. See, like the, the, the bomb just goes off in Hulk's head. And yeah. like, it's like, is that finally going to be the thing that kills the Hulk? And like, I mean, what a great idea, like putting a new, like a small nuclear device in the Hulk's head. Like, I'm like, that. that's just like, again, like, like a cool high concept idea that like, I like, you know? Yeah. So, I feel like Rom V would do a good Hulk because he does a lot of like psychological. Uh, yeah, you're right. Characters. I, I mean, I don't know that maybe he doesn't even have time in his schedule because I know he's writing a lot of shit. Like he's got detective comics. I know he's. I think he was writing Carnage, but I saw maybe he might not be anymore because I saw another writer solicited on on a. He was on Venom for a while too, right? Or he was. Oh yeah, yeah. He was co-writing Venom with Al Ewing, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know if they're still doing that, but I feel like Hulk, like a really good like psychological thriller type series of would be really dope by him. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I it's just it, the minute you were talking about like the psyche, Rom V's name came into my head, and I think he's I get like one of the best writers in comics right now. Super underrated. I don't feel like enough people talk about him. I mean, he did a really good Swamp Thing. A lot of his indie books are phenomenal too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm going off subject, but yeah, I I love the Hulk. Uh, I haven't read this entire run. I think I read the first the first arc i don't know how many issues it was it was five or six but i did read the first arc i just i didn't move forward with it because i it just it wasn't i i was i wasn't as into it as i was immortal hulk and immortal hulk was still too fresh in my mind to where i'm like it and i get it it's a total departure from yeah so sometimes it's it's hard for me it's a different comic i need it to i need to have time to breathe if you're gonna like relaunch something so drastically different and marvel has been tending to like when they relaunch they're doing it so close. They used to let a series end and breathe, kind of. I agree with that. They should let things simmer when they end a little bit before putting the title back out because it can be very jarring to yeah. someone that just has Hulk on their pull list and goes from like Al Ewing's run to this one because they're polar opposites. So if there was movement m- moments of breathe, like the like like a pause between the seasons of a TV show or something like that, yeah. then I think maybe it would work better for people that that uh like you that were like a fan of one run and like, you know, might not want to go directly into something so different. So I do agree with you there, but, yeah, uh, but, but I mean, if you, if uh, I still highly recommend it and, and um, you know, give, give it a shot. Yeah, definitely. Let's uh, talk our mutual pick. Huh? Oh, hell yeah. I'm excited about this one. The homeboy dude. We're talking about a homeboy's book right here. Jerome. Yes, Cab- we are. Cabanatan, dude. You got a different cover. I got the Craig CK cover. I had, I got the uh, Rick Lopez, uh, you know, cover there based after the uh yeah. amazing image of uh batman fighting superman that frank diller frank miller did in dark knight returns yeah. very iconic image right there and uh i mean it's it's such a great cover to me this one because i mean this is a fight comic as we're going to talk about so yeah having you know a comic uh cover homaging like one of the greatest fights in comic book history is uh awesome and uh totally shout out agree. to rick for doing a fucking amazing cover yeah Rick's shout, an out, to amazing shout out to everybody that did a cover yeah dude i, I mean, mean look at the this is a look, who of amazing chris anderson yep christian misi yeah Ke- kevin anthony catalan you know um i mean Dr- Drew, Jerome, all, all, 
I know Jerome's gonna listen to this. So I know he is too, yeah. So dude, good job on getting those sick ass variant covers. I mean, I I know I told him when we chatted about the book when it was live on Kickstarter, but I could not have foreseen. I, I have to talk about something specific in the book because I feel like I didn't get the book. La- like, I, there's a reason I got the book when I got it. Okay. Because some shit happened to me in my personal life since we recorded last week's weekly poll. You know, whether it was, I mean, I'll just say it. So I, I had some health stuff going on, right? And then I got fired from my restaurant job. And the message in this book, because I read this last night, this message in this book, I felt like I directly connected to, and I would not have connected to it the same way if I read it last week when you got, I was hoping I was going to get this for my birthday. You know, I was like, okay, Manny got it for his birthday and our birthday is a day apart. So I'm like, okay, maybe mine will come, you know, and it didn't. I was like, God damn it. But then I realized everything happens for a reason in life, man. And the message yeah. that he was saying, in which is book, a theme of the book. I mean, like, yeah, you're talking synchronicity here. Like you're, you're right. You know? Yeah. You know, like just, there's a certain line that I'll talk about, you know, like, or it's a sequence, yeah, I to talk about sequ- certain, sequence certain of lines, lines, you know, Where like, I like this here. Like there's ebbs and flows and all things. And just yeah. when you think you have it all figured out, more problems drop from the sky. But like it, yeah. it, yeah, look at this. Like, look, I, I'm just gonna read a few pages. Like, not all the dog, but life isn't that easy. Sometimes problems compound, and you're left with so many problems to solve. Might lead you, and your solutions might lead you to another problem. Life's funny. There's ebbs and flows and all things, like you just said. And just when you think you have it all figured out, more problems drop from the sky. But keep your chin up. You know, use the struggle as a wake up call. This is how heroes are made. Don't be afraid to ask for help. But stay strong if you can't find any. It will pass. Breathe. Focus. That's where it started getting to. That's when I started seeing breathe focus. That's when things started like, I was like, what the fuck? And then I just kept reading. It's like, sometimes you just have to make the choice to get up and get a different view of the problem. You will bounce back. And And when you do take full advantage, like, I mean, I can literally read the rest of the book, you know, like not the, it's the narration that was really getting to me. And I was just like, are you shitting me right now? Like, this book means a lot to me now, and I don't think I this book will I will ever forget because no man, I feel like no, this is a pivotal moment in my personal life right now. Like things are going to be different moving forward. You know, like I spent a lot of time at that job, a lot of years of my life were spent there, and leaving there and going on to whatever next, like what whatever's next on my journey. You know, I feel like this book came to me you know it's just this synchronicity of it is just it's insane you know like it's we talked about it in a video we recorded earlier this week about how certain comics come to you at a certain moment in your life and how they have an effect on you well this this had an effect on me and like it it means something to me that i don't think it would have meant in the same way not to say that i wouldn't have loved the book because i already would have loved it you know i think it's a really good book the the story the action in it um Dude, his, his it lettering, means like, it means something to me. Like, I want to point out, like, like, look at this one panel here. Like, when when one character blocks another one, and like the lettering just says "nope." You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like that's <laughs> that's so good, man. His you know? his was, use of onomatopoeias is, is next level, it's, dude. It's so good. next level, dude. And the way flip, he like, look at that the flip. flip and he, I was gonna talk about that one. Yes, like flip backwards. When and it's flipped. funny because it's backwards in the book, but now on camera because of the way the camera is, it's putting it the right side because it's giving yeah, you the yeah, mirror. Yeah. 
and then like the way he's able to make panels like like he draws panels like bending like paper like that. I mean, I, I think we should point out that Jerome is also a very accomplished martial yes. artist. So, which is a, a, you know, something he brings into into his comics. Like you said, you know, martial arts is always teaching you uh, very philosophical ideas, you know, about uh, that you can bring into other aspects of your life. And like any true martial artist, I mean, it's it's in the it's in the word uh, there. You know, it's a martial art. It's also an art form. And Jerome, yes, it's so dope. Jerome is using his like martial arts knowledge to like choreograph. I mean, the dude knows how to choreograph a fight so that like it just flows so perfectly. I, I keep talking about flow, and this is what this issue it just it flows, man. Like, you know, like what is it, Bruce Lee? Like, be like water, you know, and like, you know, just flow into things. Yeah, that, that's what this feels like. I mean, I also love these two pages, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at this. I know Dude, so the, the movement is. I, I've said it before. His strong suit is his choreography. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. His choreography, dude. It's like, and it's because of his knowledge of actual martial arts. Like he knows what he's talking yeah. about, so he knows the way to depict it. And, and watching... he's a teacher. He teaches martial arts to kids, which is another aspect that he brings into his books. Like, like Troop Forty Four, I think it's called. Is is what you know? This is an extension of yeah, Tree Kids and of like, Troop Forty Four, which you can get on Amazon too, or from. I think yeah, he has and uh, this Etsy. book is there's also this was a Kickstarter, but there are uh, copies available at Jerome's uh, Etsy. I'm sure you can drop in the links yeah uh, when you post the video, so you can get it because you really should. Yeah, uh, it's a beautifully put together book. I love the pages. Like mm -hmm. it, it just feels great. The oversized, the oversized, uh, you know, dimensions are perfect. And I mean, it works as a standalone because I, I haven't read all of the stuff he's done with these characters, but I was able to pick this up and easily jump into the story and get a lot of out of it like you did. Like I, I found it very inspirational because, I mean, again, that's the kind of guy Jerome is. I think that, like, you know, martial arts and teaching are and he's also a parent. So all this shit is in his DNA and he's putting that into into his comic. And on top of all that, the guy's a fantastic writer fantastic artist like you said like you said his his use of onomatopoeia is is amazing yeah i mean he he could be i think lettering mainstream comics i mean i think he's he's someone that 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 i love his lettering that good. i fucking love yeah. his lettering yeah he's just and the movement great, and the he, he's just such a great human being too you know i That's can't speak saying, highly, dude, i can't you know? speak highly enough of him as a person he's just such a positive person and such a positive force in this world you know like yeah. anybody I, I i have to think anybody he comes into contact with he he just leaves them feeling good you know like yeah. every time i talk to him he's a fucking sensei dude that's what he is he should be a spiritual coach you know like because like <laughs> yeah. i'm serious like he what he created with this dude like just super like it transcends like what a normal comic book is you know like this is such it's to me it's it's really it's really it, a special it's book. All ages in, in the in the real definition. Cause like yep. you can give this book to a kid, to an adult, and they're gonna be entertained uh by quality stuff and it's not gonna like talk down to them. You know, it's got like some great messages. And like yeah. if, if you're just looking for a badass fight, you're gonna get that too, because this is a badass martial arts fight in here. Yeah. But like you said, it's it's got a lot to say, it's got a lot of heart. To be able to tell a story like that with a book that's entirely like one huge action action scene is a testament to like how well he understands like the the language and the tools that it takes to create a comic book 
Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like a like a spiritual successor to like Usagi Ujimbo. You know, like I was getting hundred I was getting those bro. vibes the entire time. And it's not just because it has an anthropomorphic fox as one of the characters. Like I just like as I was reading because I've read a lot of Usagi Ujimbo and it's one of the best comic books of all time, I think. Um that's you know, speaking of that, I, I definitely need to like change that. That there needs to be some Usagi on my channel because I have never talked about it. Did you see the uh, back of the latest issue of Turtles? By I know, way? I know that you already know that's one of our picks. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the minute it goes out, I yeah, the minute I saw that it was Solicit, I was like, oh man, ain't I talking about that book? Yeah, um, but I just this has so many influences on it, and like you said, like to have a book about fighting, but to have such like deep conversation in the book, you know what I mean? Like you truly can get so many different kinds of experiences at different ages. You know, a kid's going to probably not really think about the, the the spiritual aspect of it or like the message maybe behind it. Maybe they're just looking at it like, oh, this is a really cool fight book. But then us as adults, you know, can get a different message. And then maybe somebody that's not necessarily going through the same experience that I was having recently that you can still pull from it. But if you are going through something in your life, you know, like I really feel like this came to me when I needed it. You know, not that I was worried about anything or that I was thinking about it, but sometimes yeah. you just need that it's extra. It's something like, you needed that you didn't know you need, which is the best kind of discovery. Like when you read something, you're like, fuck, I really needed to read that. And you didn't you didn't know that you needed to read it in that way. Yeah. And it's funny because I've had this for a few days. I got this before I got canned, you know? I Yeah, I, I, just I waited didn't to read, read it. it too. When you were like, like I, 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 I hadn't, I hadn't read it last week when I said, maybe I'll make it a pick and just mention it. So I'm like, you know, Ryan wants to read it. So I, I, I woke up pretty early this morning, like made myself a cup of coffee, sat in my, my, uh, the, the beanbag I sit in to read all my comics in the living room. That's under like the right lighting and everything for me and just read through it. And I fucking loved it. I mean, this is, was a great way to start my day and it set the mood for my day. And, uh, I got to thank Jerome for that. And like, I mean, Please go to his Etsy and get yes, it. Yes, like, I will drop that please. link down below. Uh, yeah. You know, you can check out. I, I have I've had him on as a guest for a couple times on the channel. Yeah, I interviewed like, him too about about this Kickstarter. So you can yeah, check out my interview on Monkey Fighting Robots. Yeah, yeah. Just follow this dude on social media. So please, you know, like get out there, support him. Like he, he and follow somebody... his Patreon. I'm, it's something I haven't done, which I'm gonna do. He just he's constantly giving fucking shit away on his Patreon oh. and doing amazing things like inking John Byrne stuff and. He's he's someone that loves comics and just wa- wants to share it. Like Jerome loves sharing the stuff he loves, and, and I love people like that, man. Yeah. Like, he, like you said, he's just a positive fucking light. On top world. of the fact that he's an etch a sketch fucking master, oh I've never God, seen somebody work an etch a sketch the way that dude. Dude, does, I, I yeah. mean, to the point where I was, I, I don't understand how he's able to do that. I, I really don't. Like, I, I I can't wrap my head around. I can it. barely make a fucking circle on an etch a sketch. Dude, so, I, yeah, I just, like I mean. Yeah, if uh, if you supported this in Kickstarter, he has sent a little zine he did with all of his Etch a Sketch uh, art, and it's amazing. Just look at it on his Patreon; You're, it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah. It's something that I've never seen anybody do before, man. Same. Like that, I've never seen anyone do stuff like that on the Etch a Sketch. Amazing. Yeah, agreed. And like you know, like we said, go go back or go support him. Go go follow his Patreon. Go follow his social media, and go pick up Tree versus Fox. You will not be disappointed. Um, what like just what a great uh week for books you know kind of a smaller yeah. week 
but I'm really yeah. good. So I'm really glad we saved Tree versus Fox for this week because um, I agree. You know, I, I read some stuff and like, you know, like some stuff stood out, but like definitely like I really like what we talked about. And I'm definitely I know there's a lot of good stuff next week. I won't talk about it now, but I'm Same. excited to talk about a lot of shit that's coming out next well, week. Well, I believe uh, the uh, Treasury edition of Hulk Grand Design comes out next week. That's a separate episode, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, yeah. It, that's its own. That deserves its own uh, episode. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but um, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out next week. And as always, I just you know like um, I, I love talking comics with you, Manny, and it's always a yeah, blast. same, bro. And uh, make sure you guys follow both of us. You can follow Manny. All his links, as always, will be down below. So you can follow him on social media. You can follow him on the different websites he reviews for. Uh, follow Comic Lounge. So make sure you uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and hit that subscribe button so you're notified every time a new vid goes up. And on that note, we're out. We'll see you next week, guys.